0: Today's reading is Judges 4, 1 to 9. It can be found on your screen. This is God's word. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Harosheth Hagoim, Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali and said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel commands you, go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and its troops to the Kishon river and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly, I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will diver- deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went to Barak, Went with Barak to Kedesh. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? We look to you, O oh God, as we walk the noisy hallway of unrest that is 2020. We now stop to listen for your voice. And may it may it feel as if a door is opening up through which we can access the deep and abiding rest promised to us through your son Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) Jen must feel like she was getting pranked or punked or whatever you call it with all those names to have to read in that passage. We're in the book of Judges and there is a prescription that is in play as we approach the book of Judges. The people have arrived at the promised land. We've been through a lot of those passages, so no need to review in our short time here. The prescription now as they are in the land is this. It's all focused about uh, on, first of all, worship God alone and not the idols in the land around you secondly and now these these there's going to be three and the second to simply support the first one of worship god alone and not the idols the second one is um clear the land of idol worshipers get the distractions the idol worshiping distractions of the culture around you out of the way and then third don't intermarry with the idol worshiping people and with these three things if these uh three ingredients are in place then the final Uh, result will be that you will have deep abiding rest in the land in your relationship with God who rescued you and brought you to this land and that deep abiding rest will flow out of this people as God said to Abraham all nations will be blessed through you so that's the prescription but the book of Judges is all about how the prescription is not followed and so what the people do is they end up not clearing out the idol-worshipping peoples from amidst them. They end up inter- intermarrying with idol-worshipping people, and so they end up constantly falling into idol-worship themselves. And so the pattern then that follows in the book of Judges is interesting. It's, it's shown very clearly liter- in the literature of this book. The pattern is this. They fall into idol-worship. God removes his protection from them and so a neighboring group comes and oppresses for a stretch until they cry out and they seem ready to worship God again because they're crying out to God for help so he sends a rescuer in this book they're also given the name judge so he sends a judge or a rescuer the people get rescued and as long and the pattern goes as long as the judge is in place the people seem able to hold it together and worship God and not fall into idol worship as soon as the judge you know, dies, they go right back and the pattern starts up over again. So the people themselves are very inconsistent and unable to hold together their worship unless they have, you know, that that rescuer. But also there's another thing going on. It's not as much a pattern. It's just kind of a thing that sits with you as you read the book of Judges, which is, this is a quirky, odd book in the Judges, these rescuers, are a quirky, odd, inconsistent bunch of people. And it spir- those two things kind of spiral together, the, the inconsistent faithlessness of the people and the quirkiness of the leaders, the rescuers. It just seems like we're getting the bottom of the barrel of you know of, of rescue leader people. As these things work together till we finally get to the end of the book of Judges, and this is the final line, everyone did as they saw fit. That seems to be the inevitable path of this quirky, faithless people led by these quirky, inconsistent leaders. And amidst that, we get the story that starts out talking about Deborah. It's a quirky story because we're kind of not sure what to do with it. If you're following the way judges works, Deborah begins to be mentioned. And we say, oh, this is interesting. There will be a woman judge. That's what the reader thinks as you're looking at the story. Mention of Deborah. Looks like she's going to be the judge of this period of time. Well, then she speaks like a prophet. She's named as a a prophetess. And she speaks for God and says to this general named Barak, God says you go into battle. Ah, well, now as a listener, you're going, oh. Oh. It's not Deborah, it's this guy Barack. He's going to be the military general who you know uh, ends the oppression. But then Barack says in reply, basically something we all do all the time. It's a very human thing to do to say, um, God's plan, yes, but a little bit of my plan too because I'm scared. I just I just can't be all in. I need, Ah, uh, I just need to make—I need to hedge my bets a little bit here. So that's what he says. Basically, I won't go unless Deborah goes with me. And and if Deborah doesn't go with me, I won't go. You know, this—these are my conditions. We put conditions on God and God's plan in our life. And so Deborah's reply is, "Okay, I'll go with you, but because you put conditions on God's plan, a woman will get the honor in battle." A, the enemy Sisera the commander will be given over to a woman and so as the reader we say aha it it, this story is about Deborah being the judge you know we're kind of ping-ponging back and forth is it Deborah is it Barack? oh no now it's okay it's it's a woman so it's going to be Deborah and so that's kind of how we're going it's very odd it's very quirky it's very you know kind of what's going on here and then in the end the biggest shocking surprise is that Sisera, the commander of the oppressing people, the commander of the army, um, you know, the army gets routed by Barak and Deborah, but he, the commander goes and finds um, safety with an ally. And at the camp of an ally, and this woman named Jael, who invites him in with hospitality, and it seems to be going along with the treaty they already have to, to help this fo- this this canaanite king she's a canaanite jail is and this sister is a Canaanite. come stay in my tent you're safe here i won't tell anybody but then she goes against she's shocking this would have been horrifying to the ancient people she goes against all the hospitality codes and then she goes against the treaty and she drives a tent peg through his head and kills him you know we're shocked by the violence they would have been shocked by violating these cultural codes of hospitality So this is the odd court. You end up with this story going, well, this doesn't seem to answer anything. I mean, the pattern fits. God rescues the people and now they have a time of not worshiping idols again. But who was the judge that led them? I mean, is it Barak? Is it Deborah? It can't be this Canaanite woman jail. And that's just how this book is. From the left-handed assassin Ehud to... The, the this this doubtful would-be leader Gideon who ends up leading the people into idolatry at the end of his story, to the womanizing rescuer Samson, to the incredibly odd Jephthah who sends body parts around the to every tribe. I mean, this book has it all. It's and, and yet it's none of the stuff you would ever predict. And so you get this mounting impression that there's going to be needed a much more perfect leader. With the story of Deborah, you don't even know well who is who is the um, the judge of that story, the rescuer of that story. But overall, this mounting sense of we need better, we need a better form of a leader here if we're ever going to get rest with god in our relationship with him in many ways it's a warm-up act for what we'll see as the story carries on past judges and we get david and suddenly there seems to be rest and abiding rest in the land under this king that fits that isn't quirky and isn't as off-putting david but then as you read on you realize even david was not the perfect form of rescuer. And that didn't last. The rest in the land didn't last. And you realize David was even a template in a warm-up act for us to understand who the son of David is. Jesus. Friends, did you know that Christians actually, this is, this is really what Christians believe. We actually hold to the belief that you can now even in the even in 2020 you can access and have within you a deep and abiding inner rest that's actually what Christians say we can have as Christians we are not living in the era of judges anymore But we're living in the era now, the part of the story of God's work in this world. We're living in the part of that story where two important ingredients have been added. Jesus, the son of David, has come as the final and perfect rescuer. Secondly, once Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit was sent on the church, not in the sort of, Uh, stingy way that the spirit seems to fall on one or two people in the old testament it now is the holy spirit is god's gift poured out on the church of jesus that means that in our era now there is a new unfaithful group of quirky people that's you and me there's a new unfaithful group of quirky people that has been assembled and yet it is not destined to end like Judges shows those people were prone to end with everyone doing as they saw fit. That is not our inevitable end anymore, friends. If, you, if I had to pick, I would say the inevitable end point for us who have Jesus and the Holy Spirit is what, what is described as the fruit of the Spirit in the New Testament. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the spirit not the fruit of our religious deeds, not the fruit of our best efforts. We also are a quirky, unfaithful people. Our hope is in Jesus and the Holy Spirit's fruit, the fruit of those whose lives are planted, whose roots go deep into Jesus. And so I just wanted to share in closing, this is the best way to end this sermon, is the way that the New Testament gives us finally the answer of who was the actual judge in this passage this is so interesting how, you know how do you go back and read stories like judges well this is how the new testament would have us in the book of hebrews chapter 11 i'm going to read verses 32 and 33 and then i'm going to skip ahead skip about 5 verses and read chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 it goes like this just listen for this and what more shall i say i do not have time to tell about gideon barak ah It's Barak, the quirky, unfaithful judge. Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, now listen to this as words for today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. With that in mind, friend, just take a look for 30 seconds at, this, at these questions to reflect. Take a moment to pause before we move on to prayer. Those questions will remain on the screen for just a little bit more, but I'm going to close in a short prayer. Our heavenly God, we ask for your deep and abiding rest. Sometimes it feels so so impossible, and yet you have promised it. And so may we dig deep to know and to fix our eyes on you and to pray and receive the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.